Yeah, so as you just saw, we're jumping into a, just a three-week series here talking about relationships. And it's talking about every type of relationship. It's not just about marriages. It's not just about friendship. It's about any relationship that we're in because every relationship that we're in says something about us. And so we get to dive into that today. Hopefully those of us who are not here, uh, those individuals will, will jump online because they're going to need to hear some of today in order to really uh, plug into the next couple of weeks not too long ago, it was probably seven, eight years ago, my buddy uh, who had some planes, we were living in Connecticut, he said, hey, I have to fly over uh, to Farmington, Rhode Island, do you want to jump in? It's 20, 20 miles maybe, but to drive there around into Manhattan and up would have taken a couple of hours, maybe three hours of traffic, and so he had to run something over there, so I said, sure, I'll meet you at the airport. Met at the airport, jumped in the plane, flew over, he handed some envelope to some guy. I'm sure that everything in that envelope was legal. Um, it looked a little questionable to me. Um, and he goes, hey, we need to go ahead and get going back because when we came, it was sunny. The clouds and weather are moving in. And so we jumped back in the plane real quick. We started flying back over just a few miles over the sound uh, in terms of water. But, I mean, it was so quick. All of a sudden, clouds and stuff ro- rolled in. And he's like, hey, this isn't looking good. And um, I don't really even care to fly. I was using it as an opportunity to spend time with him. And he goes, yeah, um, we might need to turn around. I said, well, why? I mean, I, there, I can see some kind of building. Just aim for that and cross the water. He goes, well, my instrumentation isn't working that well. I said, then why did we get in the plane to begin with? Right, And he goes, and if you can't see everything clearly, we, we probably need to go back to Farmington, rent a car, and drive back. I said, oh, it'll take forever. He goes, do you want to die? I said, no, let's go back to Farmington. <laughs> and so we literally, we turned the plane right around. We went back to Farmington. We rented a car, and we drove back. He left the plane there. I said, why? You know, in, in the midst of all this, we're having this conversation because he's like, listen, this is what you need to understand. When you're flying, you, you can't just trust your feelings, especially if there's any type of weather whatsoever, because you don't trust everything the same way. Um, it's, there's literally something called black hole vertigo, and that's more of a, a night thing, but there's also these other symptoms, even during the day when there's weather. You don't, that's what happened to JFK Jr. He was flying by the way he felt about the, the water and everything else, and so all of a sudden he didn't recognize, oh no, it's not what I thought, and he ends up crashing, and of course he died. And so all this is taking place, and he's just like, listen, no, you need to understand, you can't simply function on your feelings, you need to trust the instruments that are there with you. And if you don't utilize those instruments that are there with you, you can literally crash, you can die, and things won't go very well. And that's the thing. That's the, it's the same thing with relationships. Too many, too many people today are living in relationships based on how they feel rather than using the instruments that God has given to us. That's why here at Chapel Point, we love the Word of God so much because it's God's perfect plan for us. Can you live outside of this? You can. But he's saying, listen, this is, if you want to get the most out of relationships, if you want to get the most out of life, if you want to get the most out of really knowing the joy of the Lord and forgiveness and, and gratitude and all these wonderful things, then you live by the word of God. When you don't live by the word of God, listen, it's a coin toss. Good luck. Have fun. And so what he's, you know, it's, it's that illustration of flying. We can't just simply use our feelings to determine the relationships that we're in. Uh, not too long ago, I mean, say a couple years ago a guy came and met with me and he's like listen here's my struggle is I just don't enjoy my marriage at all I said why don't we go back what why did you get married and and I'm thinking as I ask that question I'm going to 
you know, conjure up all these wonderful feelings inside. And he, he literally said, so why did you get married? Let's talk about that and start from a good place. He goes, I just thought it was the easiest. And in my mind, I'm going, okay, I need to change my game plan. All right? And it's because he was just basing it on, it's, it, it feels to be easier to go ahead and just get married than have to try to work things out differently. And too many people today are understanding relationships based on their feelings rather than the instrumentation that God has given us that directs us. Too many people are using their feelings to go, oh, I like this person or I don't like this person or I'm going to be in a friendship with this person or not in a friendship with this person. Hey, this person has done me well, so I'm going I'm to camp over here with this guy for a while or hey, you know, this guy over here, he hasn't been as kind to me, so I'm not going to work with him anymore. And we use our feelings rather than trying to live in a biblical relationship with other people. So we need to explore what that really is. And so that's even why I titled um, Loving People You Don't Like Today because those are hard ones, right? Those are the difficult ones, the people you just don't like and you're called to love them anyway. And I do, I have to be biblical on this one. And it's a struggle. And so here's what we need to do. Here's what I'm wanting us to do is I want us to align ourselves biblically. Right? Maybe you've, you've even seen that bridge, right, that sometimes you can look at on the line and they built this bridge. They started on each end of the bridge and it comes together and it didn't line up. They're off by several feet. Someone lost their job. And they literally had to take out a section and curve the middle of the bridge in order for it to match. Well, that's what happens when we start living in our relationships, not grounded in the word of God, and we just do it based on our feelings, is things aren't aligned the way that they need to be aligned. We get off-centered, and it really impacts who we are. And so there's three questions I want us to answer today. So we're going to hit them really fast, really quick, and I, I just want it to just sit on you for a while. I'm going to give you that opportunity later on to, to, to just ponder and think about some things. Here's the very first question I'd like us to answer when it comes to relationships, because every single person in here is in a relationship. Everybody. And every relationship is unique depending upon who makes up that relationship. So that's all of us. We're all in this together, Right? We're all in relationships, and here's the first thing that we need to discover is what do our relationships say about us? What do our relationships say about us? Fact of the matter is, some of us don't give enough priority to our relationships. We want our relationships to further the other aspects, the other areas of our life rather than recognizing that the other areas of our life, whether it be job, career, finances, housing, whatever else it may be, really can better our relationships. And so let's figure that out. What, what do our relationships say about you? A couple of things I want you to write down. They're not going to be on the screen, not on your page, so just scribble these down if you would, okay? Here's what your relationships say about you, because I want to make sure you give your relationships the proper priority. The proper focus in life. One, they reveal what you value. They reveal what you value. If you're not a very good friend, it means you don't really value friendship. Right? If you're not trying to follow up with your friends, and you can't be a friend to everybody. Some people are like, can't you just be friends with everybody? No, you can't. There's only so much energy you have to be a biblical friend. Being a biblical friend takes energy. It takes work. It takes resources. It takes time. 
And so when you start looking at it, we've got to answer this question is what do our relationships say about us? It shows where you find value. Another thing that we've got to process is that our relationships reveal our commitment to God. Our relationships reveal our commitment to God by how you process them, by how you handle them. They, They speak to the priority that you have in life of serving either God or man. And so we need to think about it. John 13, 35. Um, John 13, 35 says the following. It says, it is this love that all men will know if we are his disciples. The way that you're in a relationship with other people, the love that you have in those relationships, the way you care for other people in those relationships reveals whether or not you're a disciple of Christ. Your relationships matter. Your relationships matter provide, think of it like this, your relationships, when other people look at how you're in relationship with them, it provides the definition of who we believe God to be. Think of that. Your relationships provide a picture, a definition of who you believe God to be. Our relationships matter. They really matter. That's why earlier in the service I read 1 John 3, 16 through 18. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. And it says, then we ought to lay down our lives for others. Right? That's sacrificial love. And, and hopefully, uh, if you've ever been to church in your life before, you'll probably know the term agape love. That's the Greek for this, this crazy love that God has for us. It signifies God's love for humanity. That is so overwhelming, so sacrificial, so giving, so compassionate. And it is also to be the same love which binds us together, especially for the believer. That type of passion, that type of love, that type of care. One way to define it, um, agape love, selfless commitment of the lover to the one loved. Right? I've preached that for years and years and years. I heard it probably 20 years ago. It's a selfless commitment of the lover to the one loved, meaning it really has nothing to do with the person you're loving, the decision you have to love them and to be in a healthy relationship with them. And that's hard for us. That's how we measure everything. But we have to process that our relationships speak a tremendous amount about who we are. Second thing I need for us to do. Not only do I need you to understand that our relationships matter and what they speak about who you are, but the second thing is, what is the blueprint for a healthy relationship? What is that? You see, we all come into a relationship with a different understanding of what we want to gain from it. Some of you may walk into a friendship and you want to gain um, just someone who understands your pain, and so then you wallow around in pain together. Some of you enter into a relationship and you want to be a catalyst of thrusting the other one forward in Christ, right? And so you just sharpen each other and you're enjoying that relationship. Some of you enter into a relationship because it's, it's going to be a marriage and you know that God has called you together for two to become one so that you could represent his goodness. You all have an, a different understanding of a relationship with, is with someone else. Some of you enter into a relationship with someone because of what they can do for you. You think they can give you a job or a better job or help you make money or they have a boat and you don't, right? Or maybe they 
Uh, they have a swimming pool and you don't. And so you're, you're nicer to them than you would be because to lose a swimming pool is bad. And so you put up and tolerate certain things because of how that relationship can benefit you. Does anybody know what I'm talking about right now? Anybody? Anybody? Okay. Two of you are honest. Right? See, that's how we, are we not like that? That's how we end up functioning in relationships. And so we need to look at what the blueprint is for a healthy relationship. And so that's what I want us to do right now. Um, what we're going to do, this is the blueprint for a healthy, right, what? Relationship. And the Bible lays out a lot of this. And so imagine this being that blueprint for us, right? And you've got different rooms and you've got different parts where it can all come together. Um, and there's your house. It's a funky house, but it's a house. All right? And so you have this blueprint that we need to be able to evaluate, that we need to be able to look at when it comes um, to having a healthy relationship with other people and looking at what really comprises it. For some people... Um, if you're really looking at the blueprint, is you have things like what? Forgiveness. Oh, my dream is that we could all be in such a healthy relationship where we get excited to forgive. Before they get, someone can ask for forgiveness, we're like, I just want to, I just, I don't care that they did me wrong. I want to love them in the name of Jesus. Anybody already like that? Right? Because it's hard. But we want to look at a blueprint, a biblical blueprint for a healthy relationship. And I want to give you some of the components that really are to make this up, right? Um, another thing would be love, right? So we look at um, a wonderful passage, 1 Corinthians 13. It's considered to be the love chapter. But hear me say this, 1 Corinthians 13 is not simply about marriage. That's what we've actually, we have cheated our understanding of 1 Corinthians 13 by only reading it at weddings, We've cheated ourselves. So 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 says the following, and it's going to help us understand some of the components of what a healthy relationship is, okay? It says the following, it'll be up there for you. Love is patient, so we should have patience here, right? Love is what? Just so that I feel better. Love is patience, love is? Thank you, that makes me feel better. Um, it does not envy or boast, meaning you have to go, wow, it's, it's humble. You look at what that is, that means it's humble. A healthy biblical relationship is a humble relationship. Right? It's not prideful. It's something that is humble. It says that it's not arrogant, it's not rude. That means it's what? It's kind, it's gentle. Is another way to process that. It does not insist on its own way. That means, here's, that's what this means. It means that you don't walk up to someone and say, I told you so. Anybody said that to someone before? All right. Anybody said that today already? Right? Right? It's, it's something that we do. Why? Because we just want to be right. We'd rather be right than to be in a right relationship. That's the struggle. Most of us would rather be right than be in a right relationship. Most of us would rather be right than be in a right relationship. Do I need to say that again? And so you have to, you, we have to all evaluate what that is. It says, so love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it doesn't boast, it's not arrogant or rude, it does not insist on its own way, it's not irritable or resentful. 
So please, that's, that's last time I added irritability on here and, and people are like, well, that's not really a part of the blueprint. Let me tell you, we are all have that attribute. Sometimes you get irritated. Anybody been irritated with someone before? And you're like, oh, I can't believe they're doing this. And you just kind of come to that breaking point. I, I had to go to my, you know, my family last night. I had to call a family admin meeting. That's what we have. We had a family admin meeting. And I'm like, guys, I'm done. I'm tapped out. I said, what's that mean? They're like, oh, you might get upset. I'm like, that's one of the things it means. We're not respecting each other. We're not loving each other. We're not showing kindness to each other. Uh, we got to fix this. We're not aligned in our relationships right now. That was last night. I'm going, we're, we're, we're not treating each other the proper way, a godly, a biblical way, and we keep coming off course. And I told him about the car. I was like, listen, it's a car that's not aligned, and it's always pulling one way or the other, and you have to bring it back, and you keep on having to spend that energy to get it aligned again. And so, of course, then my son raises his hand, and he goes, I have a question. I said, what's your question? He's like, do we need to get a new car? I said, that's not what I mean. Right? I'm going, ah. And you get irritable in those relationships, but that's not God's blueprint for that relationship. All right, so you start looking, and it says also, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing. But it rejoices. So there's rejoicing there. It's rejoicing. Don't correct the spelling. Um, How many relationships do you have right now that you're rejoicing in? Isn't that powerful? How many relationships are you in that you're rejoicing in? Now, a rejoicing is different than, I'm glad I have it. What does rejoicing imply? That there is something that is welling up within you with gratitude and you're overwhelmed that you get to have it. You know that you're undeserving of it. What if your relationships were all like that? What if that's what a picture of our marriages were and our friendships and with our colleagues, even with our neighbors, The one who never cleans up their own leaves and you see them in the middle of the night blowing their leaves into your yard. I pray my neighbors come to know Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? You know those neighbors. And like, no! We need to live in a biblical relationship with each other and look at what the blueprint is. Is this what the blueprint is of your relationships? It says love bears all things. So it t- <laughs> sometimes a healthy relationship tolerates. It bears all things. You, you just endure someone's bad day. And instead of at the end of the day telling them how much of a dummy they are, you go, you know what, I love you. Right? And, and I know when my wife, she's sitting right here on the front row, I know when she's doing that to me. In the day, we're getting bed, and she just tap, I love you. I can tell. But she just cho- she chooses to love me. And sometimes you have to make that choice. It says that love, it bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes. There's this giant thing of hope 
that's part of a blueprint in a healthy biblical relationship. It believes all things, hopes all things. It endures all things. It is enduring. That's the tolerating part, right? It endures. It keeps going even in the midst of hardship and difficulty. And you just want to call it quits. You're like, I'm done. Can't do it anymore. But yet here's this blueprint for this healthy relationship that we really get to have and how important it is for us. You see, because there's other things that come into play as well. Right? And we need to recognize that sometimes they're a part of this. Anger. You don't want that a part of your blueprint. Bitterness. Anybody here need to be writing these down? And I go home afterwards and say, hey, let's talk about what are these, what are our building blocks? What's our blueprint look like? Some of us have poor assumptions of the other person. We assume automatically they've done something wrong. What did you do wrong now? I don't think anything. It's a part of our relationships. You know, one of the things that is part of a healthy relationship, and we don't like this all the time, but I speak of it often as accountability. Right? It's part of it for us. Accountability is crucial. Because it means you love someone too much to let them stay as they are and you want them to reflect Christ. And so that means you have to be humble enough to receive accountability. To sharpen one another. And that's the beauty of relationships. It helps you make better decisions in life. You don't think I was on the phone this morning at 7.15, 7 o'clock, calling four or five other guys in this church going, do we cancel or do we not? I need to get your input. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? And, you know, we get everything from, well, you know we're going to be really low in attendance today. You're not going to have to ask anybody to move in this week um, to everything to, well, most other churches are closing. Shouldn't we just do what they do? I said, since when do we do like everybody else? They're like, yeah, that's a bad example. Okay, so, and so we're, we're talking about all these things, and we say, you know, if people can come, they can come. They can make that decision for themselves. But we're going to be here. Sometimes Pastor Nathan's like, I can't get there. I'm like, you live next door. Walk. <laughs> and so we're looking at all those things, and we're going, okay, well, you know what? We're going to have it anyway, because even if, I just I told someone, if, if we have 50 people here, and one of them needs to encounter God, and they encounter God, it is a win. Praise be to God, we had more than 50. 53. <laughs> but calling and saying, hey, what do you think? What do you, you know what? We made a better decision that way. And you get to sharpen each other. And you get to say, hey, this is something you missed the mark on. That's, that's what it is to be in a biblical, Christ-centered, godly, loving relationship with people. But you have to receive that sharpening. It is incredibly hard to be in a relationship with someone that you can't help sharpen. You want to know why? Because they've already assumed they have all the right answers. Those people are hard. Those are difficult people. If you're one of those people, do you know how hard it is to be married to you?
I think mature people in a relationship, they actually invite it. I, I teach that to leadership all the time. If you want to be a mature believer, invite accountability. Don't make them come to you. Ask them. Hey, what are a couple ways that I could love on you better, that, that I could treasure and be better in this relationship? Ask them. Don't make them squirm and, and get all uncomfortable because they're afraid of the darts you're about to throw when they say, hey, you know what? I feel like you've been really mean lately. And so invite it so that you can be in a healthy relationship. This is the blueprint of what a healthy relationship is. Listen, a healthy relationship is all about reflecting God. Now notice, I didn't say a healthy marriage. It's, yes, a healthy marriage, but it's also any healthy relationship with your children, with your parents, with a friend, with a neighbor, with a colleague. It doesn't matter. With, a, with, with someone that you even, listen to this, even an enemy. Any biblical or godly relationship is to be about reflecting God, meaning that, that relationship should be a picture of what? All of these things, forgiveness and hope and love and gentleness and patience and, and enduring with each other and rejoicing and tolerating each other and accountability and kindness and humility. That's what our relationships need to be like. And we need to acknowledge that our relationships today are broken. Why? So the biggest problem in relationships, self. We get in our own way. But this is what I want. Even when you try to love the person around you, hey, where do you want to eat? I don't care. No, seriously, tell me where you want to eat. I don't care. How about Logan's? I don't want to go there. <laughs> you make it so hard. Well, if you knew me better, you would know I don't want to go to Logan's. No, because every time you say you don't care. I mean, I'm not speaking from personal experience. <laughs> but we need to process that. Because we're so focused on self. We need this blueprint for a healthy relationship. And guys, here's the thing with God. Here's what I love. One of the things that overwhelms me about God. God was proactive in his love for us. God didn't wait for us to come crawling back. God was proactive in the giving of his son. Isn't that amazing? Christ never had the attitude of, man, am I going to stick it to them? His attitude was, man, I want to give my life for them. God was proactive in loving you. That's how much he adores you. That's how much he cherishes you. And it's a model for all of our relationships. What if we could be like that in our relationships? Another passage that helps with it is Romans 13, 8 through 10. It says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Except 
Let the only thing remain outstanding be the debt of loving one another. Why? Because the one who loves his fellow man has what? Has fulfilled the law. The instruction of God. And so let us do that. And so here's the big question. If we want this to be the blueprint for a healthy biblical relationship, I think the, really the question that follows, the third question is this, where do we find the power to love like Christ? Because we tend to get in our own way. Where do we find the power to love like Christ? What is that for us? Romans 5.8 says, But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Meaning that while you're still a sinner, there is hope for you in the name of Jesus. That makes me go, oh, makes my shoulders lower a little bit. There's hope for Joel. How do we find the power to love like Christ? If you can't live in a biblical, godly relationship with someone else, it doesn't matter who that is. Um, pretty much every time, Here's the reason that we're in broken relationships. You want the really, the simple reason of why we're in broken relationships? I'm gonna make life easy for you right now. Here's the reason. Because if you know the reason, then you can develop a plan to what? Correct it. It's because we personally are not already in a healthy relationship with God. That's simple. You don't believe that he can forgive you and say you're not gonna forgive someone else. You don't believe that he can really give hope to you. You don't believe that he can forgive you. And so you're certainly not going to forgive those other people. And you have all this bitterness that creeps in and resentfulness that creeps in. And all these things start to entangle their web of relationships. People who struggle the most in a relationship with others are the ones who struggle in a relationship with God themselves. And so some of us, need to accept the power and the love and the grace of, of God. We need to embrace the fact that he can do amazing things within our own personal life. And when you've been overwhelmed that God can forgive you for all of your stupidity, you're eager, remember this from earlier in the message, you're eager to forgive. And so all of a sudden, instead of saying, I told you so, to people who are coming before you wanting to be in a healthy relationship, instead of saying that, you're going, oh man, I've messed up too. But God's love and grace and mercy has overwhelmed me. Isn't it amazing? Let's rejoice together. And the fact that that's foreign language is messed up. It shows you how far off course we've gone. When rejoicing in the Lord for the beauty of the relationships that he has given to us seems foreign, it tells you how far off course we've gotten. And so we need to process the way that we can understand the power to embrace the love that is needed to be in a healthy relationship is by first receiving the love of God ourselves. Not just admitting to it, not, not speaking to it, but truly embracing it, absorbing it. 
Letting it soak into the pores, into all the fabrics and the, the different aspects of our life. Letting it seep in. Why? Because we know that the only way you will have proper relationships in your life is by being the person that God desires for you to be. And look what that really is. I think what I'm asking and, and making sure that we don't do anymore is to fly our plane, to fly our relationships based on our feelings. Because when we do that, we assume that we, our feelings, have all the right answers and that we know what is best rather than trusting in God's word and in God's truth. That's why all of a sudden all of this changes and really the giant blueprint is what? It's this amazing love that is beyond you. I mean, I know we've cheapened that word and we've just, we've beaten it to death in so many bad ways. And then you go, well, doesn't mean, doesn't love mean that you just accept everybody for who they are? No. It means that you want them to know the greatness of God. That's love. And to understand that in his truth, he's given us his perfect plan so that we can be in an intimate relationship with him. What is that relationship right now for you that needs to be repaired? Right? Maybe it has a fracture in the relationship. And your tendency is just to ignore it. What a lot of people's tendency is, is they tell someone else about the fracture of a relationship and it's not the person they had the fracture in the relationship with. And they say what? Well, I'm just seeking your advice. No, they're gossiping. <laughs> it's called drama. I don't do well with drama. I know that shocks everybody. I don't do well with drama. I just, here it is. This is what I'm seeing. Right? I go to my neighbors. I go to the Richies. I say, I see you blowing your leaves into my yard. <laughs> I just tell them. Stop doing it. And they say, well, you have lots of kids. Make them pick it up. Right? No, I just, you can, you can be funny about it, but just, let's, let's start, let's start manning up and warming it up. Is that a word? Let's start doing that. And let's start running toward relationships can truly be a model for other people. Remember, a healthy relationship reflects God. It reflects God. The relationship you have with your parents should reflect God. The relationship you have with your grandchildren should reflect God. When they think about, when grandkids think about a grandparent, their first take shouldn't be, oh, I get anything I want from them. It should be, man, they point me to Jesus. That's what it should be. That's what we're able to evaluate today. And some of you may be in a hurting, broken relationship. And you know inwardly, you may not say it out loud, but you know inwardly that relationship does not reflect the love of God. 
And so what I want to do today is I want to give us an opportunity. The team's going to come back out. And I want to give us an opportunity to simply think and to pray about what that relationship is. And what we need to be able to do with that. In order to give it the blueprint that God desires. To give you that opportunity to just simply sit. And to pray about it. To go home and talk about it with someone. The person you may need to speak to or the person you need to speak to may be sitting right beside you right now. Don't elbow them. Some of you may want to say, can we talk later? And you just write it. And you just show it to them. But let's take a moment and just pray. I want to ask that you just bow your head and pray for that relationship that you may be in right now that is not reflecting God. Let's take that moment together. It may be a friend, a child, a parent, a neighbor, a colleague. God, give us strength to be biblical in our relationships, to embrace the relationship that you want to have with us. God, may that excite us. May we rejoice in that. That the God, the author of life, wants to be in a relationship with us despite our failures and our inadequacies and our hurt and our pain. You have jumped fully into our life. Amen. We're about to sing a chorus, but as we do, just I want to share this with you very, very quickly. Here's what I've learned about not being in a godly relationship, a biblical relationship. It's exhausting. I mean, it's exhausting. So I don't have much room for them. I don't have the energy to give. It's too, it's too exhausting. God didn't intend for it to be that way. So when someone does me wrong, I just go, ah, that's not really about me because otherwise it's just going to sit on me for weeks. And I don't want it to sit on me for weeks. I got too many other good things to do. I got, I got too much time I need to give to worshiping God. I've got too much time to share the joy of the Lord that I need to be doing, not wallowing in the fact that someone's got too much hurt in order to be in a good relationship with me. I need to recognize that God of creation wants to be in an amazing relationship with me and to give my joy and my praise and my worship to him. I'm not, not going to give my energy and all my time to being in a crappy relationship full of drama. I'm going to exemplify the, and model the love and the joy of Jesus Christ in my relationship. Isn't that a better way to spend your life? Yes? 
So may we surrender ourselves to that. Make a decision. Surrender ourselves to that. And live in the freedom that is found in doing so.